coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. It's the Switch's third birthday, and I don't think we bought it anything. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including a lot of news coming out of Platinum Games and Yacht Club. And then on Thursday, we're going to be doing The Legend of Zelda A to Z. But in the meantime, Mark, how you doing? I'm doing great. Yep. I uh, have a quick question for you. Lay it on me. Um, chips and guacamole. Wonderful. On the scale of, like healthy snack oh to unhealthy snack Mm -hmm. where does this fall because chips obviously not not healthy healthy. guacamole maybe okay okay guacamole is a real it depends kind Uh of situation because like if you are getting guacamole from like that little vacuum sealed container right i feel like there's got to be something in there that's making it not not good for you salt if nothing else right well i mean but if you're making your own like fresh guac you're putting salt in that too salt if nothing else if nothing else you're putting salt in there uh geez where so like if i'm putting out a if i'm putting out chips and guac am i thinking this is us having a healthy snack kind of i kind of do i know but then i was thinking about it it's like you're basically just taking chips yes and then at best adding something that's like salty <laughs> right exactly so maybe you're actually compound i think of it as like i'm making a healthier choice but actually maybe you're just compounding bad choices i mean if you were just having like sliced avocado with like some salt that's a pretty good snack that's okay that's a pretty <laughs> that's okay Mark yeah says. um yeah i mean I think you just got to, like, watch it with the chips. Uh Uh-huh. Like, don't use it as an excuse to eat a bunch of chips. Right. If you find yourself just eating a chip by itself, or like, oh, this one's only half a chip, so I can't dip it in the avocado, then I think you're in trouble. I'm asking because I had chips and guacamole as part of my dinner. Oh, that's fine. Oh, okay. Part of your... That's fine. It's like part of a balanced breakfast type thing. Yeah, totally. As (laughs) long as you have a tall glass of orange (laughs) juice and half a grapefruit, then you're fine. (laughs) Um, here's another thing that you can do to be fine. You can borrow my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. It's as easy as writing into us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com and giving us a mailing address where we can send that thing and you can play it for as long as you want um, or uh, not play it for as long as you want and then send it on back. It doesn't cost you anything. Yeah, it's the perfect program perfect program also thank you to everyone who has left stuff's reviews anywhere yes but specifically those in the apple podcast yes uh u.s store last week we got a bunch of reviews so thank you to everybody I, we mentioned full fox 88 on thursday's show but we normally shout people out on tuesday so i wanted to make sure that double they were shout getting out. double shout double out shout um out. scooby saves nintendo collector 1989 uh mate samo and j88 fitness thank you guys so much for leaving us reviews it really means a lot yes Um, and thank you wherever you get the show for leaving a review um and if you have not yet left us a review uh we would invite you to please do so because uh it makes us feel good you want to make us feel good don't you 
Is that weird? Am I getting weird? <laughs> no, because you're right. Um, here is one last thing. What's that? Another piece of housekeeping for something new that's going to happen? We are doing some retro games in April. That's right. Last year in March, we had an entire retro month. April is 2020's retro month. Yes. April 2020 is 2020's March 2019. Absolutely. Which is as catchy of a tagline as we could get <laughs> we'll for it. We'll say it every episode. We are doing the classics of the Super NES. Now, no, no, no. We've talked about Super Mario World on this show maybe too many times because um, we both go through periods of like playing it. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, on April 2nd, we are going to be talking about uh, A Link to the Past. Uh, Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past. On the ninth, we're going to be talking about Super Metroid. On the sixteenth, we're going to be talking about Super Mario World Two: Yoshi's Island. And on the twenty-fourth, we're going to be talking about Star Fox. Um, now, all of these games are available on the Super NES Switch Online and on the uh, Super NES Classic. Uh, and I believe they're all also available on um, various virtual consoles. So uh, hop on board and play along with us. Um, if you want to write into us with any questions or observations about any of those games, uh, you know we're going to be shouting them out at the top of every episode for a, a little while now. Um, but it goes Zelda, Super Metroid, uh, uh, Yoshi's Island, and then Star Fox. You can email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Um, anything else to add about that, Mark? No, I think it's going to be super fun. I loved doing it last year. Yeah, um, and also most of these games are like the best games of all time. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, Mark, we got uh, uh, an email from, uh, from a listener, um, from Brian, and the title of the email is Underrated Wii Games. Uh, and it says, uh, love the non-Mario Wii game recommendations you guys made in the last episode. Uh, Boom Blocks is incredibly fun and rhythm heaven, rhythm heaven fever forever. Uh, well, I would have. Well, I would love to list dozens more. I will restrain myself and just suggest a couple of titles that get overlooked frequently. Are you ready for these? Yeah. Uh, Bust a Move Bash. Whether you're a huge fan of the series or not, this is the best entry. Also, the multiplayer is excellent. I've never played Bust a Move Bash. Have you? No. Um, EA Playground. Uh, I may feel uh, it may be targeted at younger players, but this mini game collection can be a lot of fun. It had Tetherball, a paper airplane simulator, a Nerf style ra uh, on rail shooter, to name a few. Um, another game that I'm uh, not not familiar with. Lost in Shadow uh, is a platformer that takes place between two realms. Reality in the shadows that that their world casts. Very creative uh, and a, a bit of a thinker at times. Um, a lot of good suggestions here of yeah. games that I've uh, n never played. Uh, Mercury Meltdown Revolution. Think Marvel Madness with intuitive controls and puzzle solving, which sounds right up mm -hmm. my alley. I love Marvel uh, Marble Madness. Um, Sonic Colors. Uh, he says, not to disparage the borrowing program, of which I am patiently a member of, <laughs> but Colors was the last contemporary Sonic game I enjoyed until Mania came around. Thanks for all you do, Brian. P.S. Question for Mark. How did you not recommend A Boy in His Blob by Way Forward? Oh, with the hug button? Yeah. It's a great point. I... I my brain is breaking. Here's the thing. I don't know how. I'll I'll feel I'll field this one. It's because I sprung I sprung the question up, Mark. 
That's true. I didn't have time to prepare. That's right. Um, but these are all great recommendations. Um, so uh, check those out. We also got an email from uh, Matt who wanted to get on the uh, borrowing program. Uh, so he uh, requested that. And again, all he has to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com. Uh, but he adds a little note here. Um, you guys were talking about new games added to the NES Switch Online and mentioned that you didn't know much about Eliminator Boat Duel. Uh, in fact, I believe we made fun of it <laughs> for, for a little bit. Uh, it's a one-on-one boat racing game. Two losses at any point in the game and you're eliminated. It also has a typo uh, on the end label. I'm really nostalgic for the game. It has cool artwork, great music, and fun gameplay. I finally beat the game for the first time on the original hardware. Um, and I thought I'd share the end screen with you guys. Please keep up what you're doing. Um, and there, so he, he, he did share the end screen. I don't see where there's a typo in it, uh, in, in that I don't see where there's any text on it. It's just like a man and a woman, uh, sitting on a, a sailboat and like the sun is setting. Wait, didn't he say? Th- did he say that the typo was on? The oh no, art or in on like, guess, the box? I guess he said the the end label. So I don't. I'm not not entirely clear what that is. But in any event, it's a good uh, looking couple. It's on a, that boat. It is a good looking couple on that boat. Uh, you can tell they do well for themselves. <laughs> yes, looks like they enjoyed a day of extreme boat racing. All right. Uh, thank you so much, both of you, for emailing us, Mark. Let's get into what we've been playing this week. So I, I've been a, a little bit pressed for time this week. Um, I, I spent the weekend in Chicago, um, which means I had two long plane rides in front of me. Uh, and the best thing for long pr- plane rides, I have decided, is the Nintendo 3DS. Um, nothing travels as well as the Nintendo 3DS. It folds up. It goes into a tiny little pocket in your backpack or in your pants. Um, and you don't have to worry about it at all. When I travel with my Switch, I still worry about it, even though I have like a case. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it just takes up so much space in my bag. I'm very happy that I didn't bring it with me to Chicago. Um, so I played two games. One, WarioWare Gold. A perfect WarioWare game. And it feels like the perfect plane game as well, because yes. I find that I have trouble concentrating on like... Um, full media experiences yes on planes whereas like something that's just really kind of like frantic and i can pick it up do a couple put it down is right like perfect something that is like freshly demanding of my attention mm-hmm. every four seconds <laughs> um so that it that and sort of on the opposite end of the spectrum the other game i was playing was pit cross 3d2 um which you know is just a long time of you staring at a screen and then eventually being like ah this one <laughs> uh and um so I was just having a, a a blast doing that, and it's it's amazing how like I went through my period of like really being um, obsessed with with Picross games, uh, and I thought, oh man, I'm gonna dive back into it now, and I'm either going to not remember how to do this, or I'm going to have solved all the puzzles already. Um, and neither were true. I had a ton of puzzles left to do, and I felt just as sharp and like clever at it as I did when I was doing it before. So I don't know if it if there's only one hurdle in learning how to do Picross, and it comes right at the beginning, and that's it. Once you've cleared the mm-hmm. hurdle, it's like riding the bike um or what uh or maybe i'm just like a savant or something <laughs> do they do is there like a tutorial at the beginning of yeah every pick yes. cross game yeah, there is to uh like show you how to do it yeah to the point where i think when i was starting my like third pick cross game uh and it was starting with all the tutorials i was like all right all right let's go let's let's, let's get on with this um 
but it it's you know they they all uh all the Picross games have like some little tweak on the formula to um you know kind of keep them fresh uh and so having that sort of uh re-tutorial session is also good mm-hmm. uh to figure out how the new mechanics like feed into that um but uh and it yeah. seems like a Picross like kind of works best with a touchscreen, right? Because there's probably Switch versions, but it just seems... And I guess... You, Which you would still... Like, yeah, on the plane, you would still, you would still do still it in, like, handheld mode, yeah. Um, yeah, and that's... Uh, it, it's... I, I really like how it is a, a touchscreen game that uh, does require you to use some buttons. Um, like the... Uh, you know, when, when you're just, um, like, marking a block is, like, you're not uh, ready to remove it yet, but you just want to, like, mark it. Um, like in Picross 3D is either, uh, this has to be an orange block or this has to be a blue block. Um, when you're not actually tagging it yet, um, you kind of like trigger changing the pencil with, um, uh, the D pad or the L button. Um, so like you're just doing that and then, uh, using the stylus for the rest of it. Uh, It's, uh it's, it's very handy and, uh, very nice to play on a nice light 3DS. I don't know that it would be as easy on a Switch. Uh, but I mean, whatever. Picross is Picross, baby. <laughs> um, okay, well, those are the games that we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Thursday, March 5th, Murder by Numbers More is Picross! released. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even the wasn't even the thing that I was planning of like let's get back into Picross. Uh-huh. But Murder by Before Mick, more Picross. Murder by Numbers is of course the murder mystery game that takes place in old Hollywood where the uh method by which you find and find clues and solve puzzles is by playing Picross. Uh, Mark, could we be more excited for this game? I don't think so. Oh. I mean, the art is by an artist who worked on the Phoenix Wright series. As is the music. Um, so, yes, I'm very excited for this. Oh, it man. is right up our alley. Yes. And then on Friday, March 6th, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX is released for Switch. Less excited about that one. We both we checked out the demo a couple weeks ago. Um, and, uh, yeah, I... There's there's no reason for me to go back into that. Yeah, I completely agree. All right, cool. Um, all right, let's close out the new releases here. Now it's time for a regular segment on this show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, where a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Uh, Mark, today, uh, we had such a nice time talking about musicals last week. Uh, We uh, have decided that we are going to rank the songs in a musical. Mm -hmm. Um, And the musical that we have landed on here, because we did not really have time to prepare, is The Lion King. Now, are we doing The Lion King, the stage show? Not really, no. In fact, no. (laughs) In fact, not at all. Right. We are going to be ranking the songs from the the movie, Uh The Lion King. Yes, the animated film. Uh, what a uh, amazing other thing that we have to specify, uh, and not the not the uh, live action, film. <laughs> right? With heavy air quotes, right? Animated film from last year, yes, but the original from 1994. Um, so, uh, Mark, why don't you tell us what those songs are R- first? So, Circle of Life, I just can't wait to be king. 
Be Prepared, Akuna Matata, and Can You Feel the Love Tonight. Now, I will also put forward that we should perhaps consider the track To Die For, um, which is the musical cue that plays uh, when the hyenas start uh, the, will the, the Will to Be Stampede that ultimately kills Mufasa. Okay. Um, because it is a kicking piece of music. <laughs> uh, it is very good and is very exciting and has like these big choral parts um, and ends with, uh, you know, the saddest music that Disney has ever put to uh, film. Uh-huh. Um, sure. Yeah, we could totally throw that in there. All right. Wonderful. Uh, second thing that we have to consider mm-hmm. is are we taking the Elton John versions of the uh, Circle of Life, Can't Wait to Be King, and Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Into consideration. Oh, I don't know that I've ever heard the Elton John version of "I Just Can't Wait to Be King." Uh, so it is it is worth um it is worth putting on if I can. No, actually, it's not. Uh, <laughs> it's too complicated to uh get it and also have the um four thirty three playing. Uh huh. It has a like kind of a um like rockabilly sensibility to it. Interesting. Um. I mean, I think either way, it's on the bottom of the list for me. I think so too, which I, is weird because it's a great karaoke song. If you can find it, <laughs> if, if you can find a good version of it. Oh, I thought you were gonna say if you can find a good Zazu. <laughs> <laughs> you can do both parts. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, also, for me personally, Akuna Matata, not as low as I just can't wait to be king, but not super high up there. Yeah, it, it does feel like a. a bottom tier song the thing is i don't know that i like it uh so much less than can you feel love tonight can you feel love tonight i feel like uh as it appears in the movie is confusing um and like i don't how it functions dramatically i'm like they just like (laughs) re-met each like it doesn't make sense that they're falling in love right but also it's the first time that the movie's like yeah i don't know they have like inner monologues that are singing (laughs) and like neither of them sound or look like the characters and it's just like what is happening in this song yeah it definitely serves a narrative purpose yes pretty much uh, oh, but it does have the uh, I can see what's happening. <laughs> what? Is that a is that's, that, a, that's that's a point, point in its, its favor? favor. <laughs> okay. Um, I will posit that "Be Prepared" is maybe my favorite musical number from The Lion King. Um, I think it's the last of the great Disney villain songs. Maybe oh. just the last Disney villain song. Full stop. Oh no, I guess there were some in like Pocahontas and. Uh, um, the one in Hunchback is really good, but super dark. Yeah. The last, like, fun one, as fun as hyena Nazis could be, is, uh, Be Prepared. Uh, yeah, and I, I mean, I guess there's, um, yeah, because Disney has kind of shied away from their being villains. Right. right uh, in, in their movies. Um, so that makes sense that we haven't really seen one, um, since I would put, I would argue that Circle of Life is, is the best song. Is the better song. Um. Just because, I mean, I challenge you to watch the opening sequence of, and I understand this is combining the uh, the visuals with, so it's maybe not just the song, but like the whole number as it appears in the movie, but I challenge you to watch the opening of The Lion King and not feel something. Oh, I completely like, agree. When the screen cuts to black and, uh-huh. it's doom and it says The Lion King. Yeah, the opening is amazing. I've got amazing. goosebumps right now. Yeah, <laughs> I have a memory that that was like a trailer in theaters was just like they just showed yeah. like that opening sequence. I mean it's 
basically perfect. Oh, great. I guess we'll never know how this ends. <laughs> this is maybe the most unrewarding 433 we've ever done. I think, like, it is a... We pa- mostly I mean, had it. We can do it pretty quickly. Okay, great. I think Circle of Life, number one. Uh, be prepared. Number two. Uh, uh, to die for it. <laughs> yes, to die for. And then, um, can you feel the love tonight, Hakuna Matata? And then, and I just can't wait to be king. Perfect. Great. Um, we were accompanied today by the Dopia Big Band. All right, Mark, let's get into the news. GDC, the Game Developers Conference, has been postponed due to growing concern around the conferences, um, oh, from the conferences organizers around coronavirus. Uh, this comes a- after a week of companies like Sony, Microsoft, and Facebook pulling out of the convention. Uh, GDC usually lasts for a week in March and is held in San Francisco. It's unclear when the event is being postponed to. For their press release, uh, GDC's organizers um, alluded to or would like to see it happen in summer, but obviously they're not making any like firm commitments. Yeah, so this is uh this is a little bit uh, in the vein of what we were talking about a couple weeks ago, of um like that we have yet to really see the uh sustained effects of um coronavirus on the on the games industry, um and uh the game developers conference conference in, in particular is like a, a weird little like uh you know, weather vane that's like kind of pointing in the direction of uh, maybe this is going to be a bigger deal than, yeah. than than we were expecting. Like this past weekend, uh, PAX East was held in Boston. Yep. And there were companies that had dropped out of um, like having a presence there, but the conference still went on. But I just wonder like as more weeks pass and we uh, see just like how the virus continues to spread or if it continues to spread. Yeah. Like, um, like what, more effect we will see yeah i mean i i was at uh c2e2 this weekend in chicago um and you know it was a a packed show floor dc and marvel like the biggest uh the biggest brands were there um but you know no one's really traveling internationally for that show um and i think i think where there is a lot of travel involved um that we are going to be more likely to see shows uh either the attendance will be low from companies pulling out or that they'll just be canceled altogether um until there's like we've got a a real handle on on this thing yeah all eyes are kind of turning towards e3 to see what um the esa is going to do they put out a statement kind of like um how do you say this word assuage assuaging participants fears assuring them that they are currently moving forward there's no plans to cancel the show this june at this point right but i mean it should be noted that uh gdc was only canceled last friday and it's in like a week and a half so like you know it's uh these are the kind of decisions that no one wants to make until you have to Mm -hmm. and i i don't think that e3 is at a place yet where they have to totally although it's weird because like i know that uh in in GDC's absence that there are still a lot of like events and meetups and like little mini conferences going on in San Francisco anyway. Um, like if E3 were to be canceled, would uh, EA still have their thing? Like, right, right. And like there? would Microsoft yeah, not would... do their thing at uh, LA Live? Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's it's weird that you can like cancel one thing and it's like, well, people are still coming or like they still have their schedules cleared. Right. They still have travel booked. Um, and like, 
there's still an appetite for whatever thing you've just canceled. Uh, so like, I don't know. I, I wonder how much it actually helps to cancel these things. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if if nothing else, yeah, you are at least like as organizers, um, not like responsible. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Yes. Like, yeah. I mean, not that I think that's the reason they did it, but that certainly is like, yeah, like people are can free to do whatever they want, are free to do whatever they want, but we're not continuing to like host this thing that right. We're not like, inviting has potential them. ramifications. We're not inviting them to our specific petri dish, <laughs> right? To yeah. mingle and uh, yeah, spread the disease around. Yeah. Uh, Platinum Games News Corner. We'll be talking. Uh, we go live to the Platinum, Platinum News games. Desk. Uh, the second of the Platinum Four was well. Let me. See. The second of the Platinum Four was revealed last week. A game called Project GG will act as the conclusion to Hideki Kamiya's superhero trilogy that started with Beautiful Joe and was continued with Wonderful One Hundred One. Yeah. So just a, a little bit of context. Um, the uh, Platinum Four is, of course, uh, Platinum put up a, a website that had um, like f- the numbers one through four listed on it, and the first uh, the first number was the uh, re-release of Wonderful 101. Yeah, the Kickstarter. Um, and then the second one is this brand new game. And then, uh, so I didn't even realize that there was a trilogy type thing going on, but apparently, Beautiful yes. Joe was about a solo hero. Wonderful 101 was a game about a group of small heroes, and Project GG will be about a giant-sized hero like Ultraman. Uh, so you'll be fighting kaiju and stomping around in cities and stuff. I don't. I mean, uh, as someone who's not played either of the first entries <laughs> in this trilogy, uh, I. I mean, I'm always happy to see like more weird platinum stuff coming around. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. I don't really have uh, much in the way of expectations for this. When IGN asked about a release date, Kamiya responded, "Put it this way: We're not looking at something as long as three years, nor will it be as soon as half a year or a year. But as our first self-owned and self-published game, we want to deliver it as soon as we can. Hey, I don't have any desire to release games quickly. My only desire is to release games that are good. Um, which I love that he's like." We're not looking at something like three years, but it won't be a year or a year and a half. Right. So, like, it'll be about two years. <laughs> kind of what he's saying. Um, but it, it, the, one of the things that he mentions there is that this is their, uh, their first self-owned, self-published game. Um, th- that is true, that Project GG is the first game uh, wholly owned and published by Platinum Games. Previously, it's all been partnerships uh, with Nintendo, with Sega, uh, with uh, whomever. Um, to actually make and put out these games. But this one is all theirs. Are you worried that Bayonetta 3 is in some kind of trouble because uh, we haven't really heard anything about it are since you, the announcement? Are you asking me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, they. I, I feel like Platinum gets asked about this anytime anybody talks to anybody from Platinum. Yeah. Bayonetta and, like, I mean, Bayonetta 3 has a little bit of the... Uh, Metroid Prime 4 thing mm-hmm. going on where it's like a game that we know, first of all, it's like a hardcore game, right? <laughs> that it, That's coming to the Switch and that we know is coming someday, but we don't have any information about it. Yeah, We've like other the than logo. the announcement, <laughs> yeah. right, we know absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um. Well, uh, Gematsu or Jimatsu at PAX East asked Kamiya and he responded, quote, there's nothing to worry about at all. There's nothing to worry about. 
Things are going very well. Really, there's nothing to worry about, end quote. So what do you think? We should start worrying about it? I think I think we should start worrying about it. <laughs> That's the perfect response. I love this quote. There's nothing to worry there's nothing to worry about at all. There's nothing to worry about. Things are going very well. Really, there's nothing to worry about. Repeating myself. Repeating myself. My job is repeating, repeating myself. myself. Uh the th- I'm in television. <laughs> the third announcement in the Platinum Four is not a game, but a game studio, Platinum Tokyo, which is a partnership with the Chinese in like mega corporation Tencent. Um, which is interesting uh, and sets a, uh, a precedent. I guess it, it, even uh, that number one wasn't a new game, but a um, re-release of, of an old game. Um, it's interesting that like each one of these things so far has been so different. Right. Um, that one is like, here we're porting a game. Here we're making a brand new thing and like owning it completely. And then announcement number three is we've got a new studio. Um, so like announcement number four could be anything. Maybe they're making candy bars. I do wonder if tens right because like they've talked about how uh, the Platinum Four and the new business model for Platinum is owning their IPs and self-publishing. Does this mean that Tencent isn't going to be like publishing these games? That they're just providing like funding? Basically, yeah. it's just like an investment. That's my that, understanding. Uh, is Tencent that, is making yeah. into platinum. But I we look for as as wise as we appear to be, we do not know everything about Japanese and Chinese business, and certainly not how they work together. So uh, there's probably a lot here we do not understand. We've also learned that the wonderful 101 launches on May 19th in North America and May 22nd in Europe. Um, it so is, really soon. It's still amazing to me how quick that is after the kickstarter obviously they knew that it was going to happen anyway mm-hmm. um but it's uh it's just cool to see that um come to fruition so quick last week shovel knight developer yacht games yacht club club games did their own version of a nintendo direct which they've done before um but which is good because uh we are all desperate for a nintendo direct uh yeah we are yeah, we are thirsty. We are in the desert. It right feels now. overdue. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And also, like, I just, I just want to underline how much it is like a Nintendo Direct. Like, they borrow, um, the sort of like diagonal wipes oh, and uh-huh. like the bright colors. Um, and even it being hosted by uh one of the um like guys from the studio where he's addressing the camera directly and is like, seems good, right? Like asking the the sort of questions directly of the audience uh-huh. um that the Nintendo Directs do. It is perf- it is a perfect parody of a Nintendo Direct. <laughs> hey, if you're going to d- steal still yes, the best. Exactly. And honestly, it's so charming and so pleasing to watch. Um so it's like a 12-minute video um and I would totally recommend if you have any interest in Shovel Knight or Yacht Club games in watching this video. So first things first, Cyber Shadow. Cyber Shadow. This is a game that Yacht Club Games is publishing and was teased a couple of months ago. It's a 16-bit ninja action platformer that looks like it's taking cues from Mega Man X and Ninja Gaiden. Yeah. Um, there's going to be Amiibo support, which yeah. is actually really cool. Mm-hmm. All four Shovel Knight series Amiibo unlock unique robot helpers and matching color palettes for your ninjas. Um, I love that Shovel Knight has made enough of a brand for themselves that they're like, you're going to use your Shovel Knight series yes. Amiibo for this. It's not, look, you can't use your Peach Amiibo. You can't use your Splatoon Amiibo. I don't know why I said Peach like it was a series. But <laughs> you can't use your Mario Amiibo, your Smash Amiibo. You have to use Shovel Knight. Is this the first example of like a third party using Amiibo in this way? Like, has Capcom done it for any of the Mega Man 
um, uh, yeah, collections or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, the Mega Man Legacy collections. I mean, there's there's a a gold one that was uh, a gold Mega Man amiibo that was bundled with uh, the first Mega Man Legacy collection. Um, and it did unlock something. But, oh, cool. Uh, for, for life of me, I, I can't remember why. Yeah, I like seeing this. I think that's really fun. Yeah, me too. Um, and Cyber Shadow will be released in fall 2020. Um, I just want to point out that uh, it is inconsistent. In any time that they show the uh, title screen of the game, Cyber Shadow is hyphenated. Uh, but when they show like the box art graphic for it, uh, Cyber Shadow is two words. So we got ourselves a real Spider-Man, Spider-Man situation here <laughs> where we don't know exactly how it's spelled. I'm going to go hyphen. I'm I know. We hyphen. desperately need to know the nomenclature. I mean, it, look, look, look. Is it all in capital letters? Well, uh, that's a great question. Here's the thing. I have decided that I am all about this game. It looks so good and so snappy and so fast. So you need to know how to like properly address it? I need to. Look, I committed to memory Dragon Quest XI as Seconds of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition for the Nintendo Switch because I respect the game. Mm-hmm. I just need to know how I'm going to, uh, how I'm going to address this Ledge thing. Fealty. I just, Cy- yes, that's right. <laughs> to Cyber Shadow. Uh, there was a little retrospective on Shovel Knight's development and release stretching back to 2013 when the game was first kickstarted to 300 times their target goal. 300 times. Also crazy that that was 2013. Yeah, and that basically, I mean, obviously they've been selling copies of, of the game, but that that is enough like seed money, enough runway to like get them going yeah. uh, all the way through. And we're six years later now. To celebrate the final release of the complete treasure trove, Shovel Knight stickers are now available for chat apps for 99 cents. Uh, so you had better believe that I, I bought those because I've got a dollar. Um, <laughs> and, and I want to send little stickers of, uh, of Shovel Knight. I sent one to my buddy Pete um, that is just Shovel Knight, and it says greetings under it. <laughs> Worth a buck, mm-hmm. for sure. Also, version 4.1.0 is coming with some display options, rebalances to showdown, and a new mode called character gauntlet for targets mode um which they said that it can only be accessed by uh first you have to unlock all the characters and they showed the full like character screen and i realized we have a lot of characters oh really oh cool um but once you unlock all the characters that you have to like uh enter a cheat code in order to access this uh and they showed the cheat code uh in the video uh which is hilarious i'm sure that'll be in uh shovel knight showdown wikis and stuff um but if you have unlocked all those characters, look that up because that'll be a fun like way to it's you go through the target mode and every time you complete a challenge, you uh, it like kicks you into the next character uh, like while the game is happening. Oh, cool. Uh, so you're like cycling through them and like presented with each of the characters individual target challenges one after another. Also, Versus Joustus is also available as part of King of Cards. Yeah, so uh, Joustus is the card game within King of Cards that I was like, this is something I will never get into. And thankfully, the game's like, that's fine. You don't have to. Um, But if you enjoyed Joustus and you always wanted to play it against someone, you now have the ability to do that within King of Cards. We also got an, an update on Shovel Knight Dig, which is the first game in the Shovel Knight Uvra that's being developed by an out uh, company that's not Yacht Club G- Club Games, and it should be noted is not part of the like Shovel Knight Treasure Trove. Right, it's its yeah. own thing. Um, it got we got a look at Hive Knight, which is some kind of bug. He's cute. I don't know if you saw this design. He's really cute looking. He looks like a little bug guy. <laughs> and then uh, we also learned that Shovel Knight Dig 
will be coming out next year, which is a uh, long release or like development cycle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then two additional games are in development. They mentioned new IPs and the Year of the Rat. But yeah, that, they but so, the Year of the Rat thing might just be a joke. Yeah, so is they I like I was trying to figure out if cuz they're like we've got uh, uh two new games coming that we're starting to develop here in the Year of the Rat. And it's like what are they just like screaming? Oh, right, but like why is it why are they being so specific? Yeah, why are they like saying the, the Year of the Rat? Yeah. Right. Or is it just part of the whole like uh, playing into the Nintendo Direct like awkwardness of like here we're just giving you more information that's irrelevant <laughs> to anything that's going on, um, and you know they show like uh, blurred out uh, computer screens and like blurred out notebooks uh-huh. where like you know they're obviously working out something cool, um, but yeah it's uh it's intriguing to me I mean of course the the studio is doing well so they've got a lot of projects in development I cannot wait to see uh, what they put out after the Shovel Knight stuff and then they also but they're not quite done with Shovel Knight no. yet. Uh, they revealed Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon, a falling block puzzle game across with an overhead dungeon crawler that has no release date yet. Yeah, so this is a mix of things. One that I love and one that I have not been able to get into. Um, I love falling block puzzle games. I don't really like overhead like dungeon crawlers, mm-hmm. but I do love Shovel Knight, so I don't know. Are, are they developing this one internally? I believe so, yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, although maybe not, I'm not entirely sure. The vi- the video wasn't super clear, um, but it, it it seems cool. Uh, and there are uh like um you know multiplayer like head to head battles in it like you would expect in you know any kind of like Tetris um game. Um, but it, it's neat that you're controlling Shovel Knight like on this uh, kind of overhead map while it, things are falling from the top of the screen or like the north side of the screen. Feels very um. Wario's woodsy to me because mm. the way you interact with that game is by controlling Toad um, as blocks are falling on him. But there's also an element of uh, Necrodancer to it too because every time you move, the blocks fall down one. So, like, it's a very, if, if you need to like wait a second and just like watch, uh, you know, stuff isn't going to fall uh, until you move again. It seems cool. The, ga- the game looks really neat. Multiplayer is coming to Mario Kart Tour, the mobile game, on March 8th. Your favorite Mario Kart game. Uh, That's right. Previously, the game had you uh, racing exclusively against bots. It seems like it took, like, usernames and had them, like, over the heads. Yeah, it was really uh, weird, right? Of the computer players. Yeah. But, yeah, they were, like, kind of, like, faking competition against other players. But it seems like you will finally be able to, for real... Did did anyone ever determine what was actually going on there? Because, like, you, when you were racing against uh, other players in Super Mario Run, right, weren't those weren't those ghosts, like, based on uh, that player's, like, performance in a previous track? I mean, Probably. maybe... Probably. I think, I think that part is true. I don't... I never looked into what was going on with Mario Kart Tour. Yeah. My assumption was always that they were just, like, taking people's... Uh, usernames, and that was pretty much it. So you could just imagine you were racing against someone. Right, exactly. Right. Um, so starting next week, you'll be able to play with, quote, friends or other racers nearby. They did a beta test for this in December, but it was a Gold Pass subscriber exclusive. But starting next week, it'll be available to everybody. Um, have you been keeping up with Mario Kart Tour I at haven't. all? I haven't. My focus has shifted back to Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. That's right. 
Um, is this enough to draw you back? I, I'd be interested to try it out. Yeah, for sure. I, I feel like it could be fun. Um, I think I, I'll probably get destroyed because yeah. I'm assuming I haven't like I haven't played for a while now, and I'm assuming people who are like still playing are really into it have gotten a lot of like upgrades to their carts and their racers and get those bonus point. Uh, um, and I'm like bonus point multipliers, and I'm just not going to have any of that. Yeah, but since it is a, a Mario Kart game, uh-huh. you know that the like ceiling for competition, like yeah, there is like there's a really high ceiling, but there's also a super low floor, <laughs> right? And then it's also it's a mobile game on top of it, so the floor is even lower. Yeah, I think you'll do fine. <laughs> well, I appreciate your confidence. Thank you. Um, Bubble Bobble Four Friends got a North American release date. It's coming yep. to Switch on March 31st. Um, I remain excited about this game. Um, and I know we were just talking about Bust a Move earlier, uh, and that I never didn't didn't play that one. Um, it's a, another game in in the series. Uh, I will not make that mistake this time. I'm going to play Bubble Bobble Four Friends, and I may do it all by myself, or I may gather three friends. Who knows? Uh, we'll find out at the end of the month. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, Google has been holding a vote for the 2020 Pokemon of the Year. Why they were doing this, I have no idea. Google is doing this. <laughs> yes. Google, I guess, for the past few weeks had been holding um a vote so here's the top 10 okay your 2020 pokemon of the year greninja what (laughs) the list only gets weirder hold on though hold on though does this sort of validate our choice of best pokemon starter of froakie a hundred percent it does yes i okay so which which caused are we so influential in Pokemon circles, <laughs> that all Pokemon fans uh-huh. heard us say that the Froakie is the best starter and therefore voted its evolution, the Greninja, uh, I- I- as the best Pokemon of all time? Or are we so just tapped into That's youth right. culture that we just like God, knew- I hate it the way you said that. <laughs> Or is it that we are all slaves to Super Smash Brothers, and we're not expressing <laughs> Pokemon opinions here? We're expressing Smash Brothers opinions. Yeah, I th- I truly believe that any of these are equally viable. So that's number true. one. That's number one. What? How's the rest of the list? Go? Okay, uh, Lucario, mm-hmm. Mimikyu was number three. Charizard was number four. Umbreon number five. Uh, Sylveon, Garchomp, Rayquaza. Gardevoir and Gengar. Okay, but come on. <laughs> Some of these, I'm going to be honest, had no idea there was such a big following. Don't know what they look like. No, like who's a big Garchomp fan? <laughs> okay, but uh, does it, what does this actually mean? Is it, does it, is, it, is it possible that Pikachu's not in the top 10? Is that possible? I think it's, I think it's possible. I, mean, I think it's possible. This is what Google is telling us, yeah. is that Pikachu is not in the top 10, which makes me think that there must have been some, like, Russian bot interference right? Here, it, and that Google has so been Discord. compromised. That's right. Exactly. Or that Pikachu just didn't pay enough in AdWords to get ranked. Right. And, know, like. and it looks like a number 11 here is Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> Do you remember that an ARMS graphic novel series was announced by Dark Horse back in 2017? With a fall 2018 release date. I recall that we talked about it on this show. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, in May 2018, it was announced that the release was going to be of the first issue or book, whatever it is, was going to be pushed back to January 2019. But then that passed and there has been 
nary an update since mm. then. So according to Nintendo World Report, a Dark Horse rep at Toy Fair New York this past week stated that the series is still in the works, but there is no projected release date as of yet. Um, okay. As someone who just had their first like big comic book published, uh, it did surprise me how long it takes from uh, having the idea to actually getting the thing printed and it being out in the world. Um, but, like... And I could also see how dealing with Nintendo sure. could be fraught. Absolutely. But, like, two and a half years? <laughs> After, for ARMS, for, which yes. I know it has its fans, but I don't know that those characters are necessarily, like, perennials. Twintel, is that her name? <laughs> yes. I, I was trying really hard. Okay, let's, here, let's do this without looking. How many ARMS characters can you name? I think, okay, uh, Twintel, um, <laughs> yep. Ribbon Girl, yep. Spring Man. Man. Um, What's the mummy's name? I don't remember. And then there's also, like, the cop and its snitch dog. Yeah, the cop, <laughs> the cop and the snitch dog. They, it, their, their names are, like, Bowser and Chomp Chomp. That's not right. Uh, let's see. This is hard. Yeah, there's like the one that looks like the um the green one, the green thing that you would see, like the uh waving arms air yes. type thing going on. Uh, there's the ninja guy. Uh huh. His name there's might just the be like clown Ninjara or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There was a clown who's like a DLC character. I mean, I think we mostly nailed it. I think we it. did it. I think we nailed it. <laughs> and then uh, Chun-Li, Ryu, and Blanca. <laughs> uh, the creator of the Konami code, Kazuhisu Hashishimo, passed away last week. Um, his age was reported as 61 in some outlets and 79 in others. So it's a little unclear exactly. We just don't, we don't really have a lot of details. Like, Konami tweeted out something like... Um, re- uh, uh, like memorializing him, and but we but like there hasn't been any details, you know, like nothing like really specific yeah. in the West, anyways. So it's so we like, assume that a Russian bot got to it. it it's <laughs> unclear, like exactly, yeah. like I don't know if there's actually been a date when he died or anything like that. Um, but so the Konami code is the famous uh up up down down left right left right B A and then the start button, and it would be used to, like, unlock cheats or make the game easier. Yeah, like level skips, extra lives, that kind of thing. And so the where it came from is Hash- Hashimoto was in charge of porting Gradius from the arcade to the NES, and he said that he had difficulty playing the game, so he put the code in because he was the one using it. He made it easy to remember. Uh, that's amazing. Also, I feel like it, it would just mention the cheat code in um, the Shovel Knight Showdown to access the uh, the new mode. I think all games should have like the cheat code, some kind of cheat code to give you a level select or extra lives or whatever. It definitely feels like it's fallen out of favor recently, but yeah. I completely agree. It's there. It's fun to know a secret code, especially one that. Like, because the Konami code uh, uh, obviously appeared in Gradius, but it also appeared in, like, every Konami game after that. Oh, yeah, it totally took on a life of its own. And, like, even video games not published by Konami, like, people would pay homage to it by including it as a code in, like, their game. Yeah. Um, so, uh, it is uh, sad that uh, Hashimoto uh, has passed. Um, it's weird that we don't have more clarity about how old he was, but, uh, you know, there we go. Finally, today is the third anniversary of the Nintendo Switch 
was wow. released March 3rd, 2017. <sighs> Which means that's also uh, three years of Breath of the Wild um, and Snipperclips and one pretty two close switch. and pretty close to three years for snake pass yeah pretty close um man uh so mark and i got our switches both at the best buy mm-hmm. um we were standing in line i was somewhere else before like you had gotten to the best buy like maybe an hour or two before i did um and you were like holding our place in line yeah right? you had gone to see a movie i think yeah now it's impossible to know which one. <laughs> really left a mark. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It was obviously not as uh, meaningful to me as picking up the, the Switch that night. Um, and it was, uh, I mean, everyone was just so excited. Um, and it's, it's one of those things where uh, it's like when you, go to, when you go to the comic book store on Wednesday and you realize that there are people who go and just get all the Marvel stuff and all the DC stuff that came out that week, and they just have, like, a pull box full of... And you're like, well, you're spending, like, $400 a week on comic books. And they're like, yeah, I don't know. This is just my life. That, like, people who were in line for this thing were getting everything. Mm -hmm. They were like, I've got the Switch. I've got all the games. I've got all the Zelda Amiibo. I've got an extra pair of Joy-Cons and a Pro Controller, maybe two. Uh, The people were just like, yeah, I don't know. I just have to get it all. I also really like stuff like that now because I feel like with... Um, you know, like pre-orders and online delivery, yeah, and uh, just like game stores kind of going out of business in general. That it's really difficult, like it, outside of fan conventions, totally. Like this sort of like gathering with like-minded like Nintendo fans who were all excited about the Switch, and you know, we were all there and just waiting to get in and like pick ours up. Like it was all really exciting. And outside of, like, midnight movie releases, which don't even happen at midnight anymore. No. You know, like, I feel like it's harder and harder to have those kind of, like, shared experiences. Which, by the way, is why I think fan conventions like PAX East are becoming more and more popular. Yeah. Because it's really, like, if you want to go and meet people who share your interests in person, like, the opportunities to do that in day-to-day life have really dwindled. Um, I also think it was a, a very interesting time to because like obviously everyone's excited but like on the precipice of a new nintendo thing you know especially given like what the last like decade or so had been of like the wii's sort of dwindling uh you know like library and then the wii u being what the wii u was um that like no one really really knew at that point that zelda was going to be as good as it was or that the switch was going to feel as good as it did uh, and also, like, if we were ever going to have more games available on it, like, we were all on the precipice of something and we didn't know what it was. Yeah, I really wonder if Breath of the Wild hadn't released as a launch title. Yeah. If, like, there would have been so many people day one picking it up. Yeah, I mean, probably not. It's it's hard to separate the the two things. And, like, they feel so much of, like, a, a single piece or, like, a single ideology of play this thing exactly how you want to. Um, which I always felt that Snipperclips all also did a really good job of um, because there's no single way to solve any of those puzzles. It's all like based on, oh, you know, like cut out the shapes that work for you, which is Zelda. You take the weapons that work for you, go the direction that works for you, which is just the Switch too. play it where you want. Do you want to play it in bed? Do you want to play it on, on your TV? Do you want to play it on the bus? Um, like it, it, it was just a host of exactly what you want to do experiences um and uh yeah it was just a a great like turning point for nintendo it's hard to imagine now the switch not existing 
Yeah, it really is, right? Um, and like, it's I, here, here's a here's an insane thing is that you and I started doing this podcast before we knew what the switch was going to be. Like, we we were we had done episodes uh, where like maybe we were just going to be talking about like the Wii U, which you didn't buy, <laughs> and, <laughs> and like 3DS games, and like we were just going to talk about Nintendo, and like. Um, you know, maybe it was just going to be like a uh, labor of love about a thing that we're slowly growing apart from. And it was like a real, you know, shot in the arm to the show to have the Switch be good and to have um, Breath of the Wild be good. Yeah. And just have like Nintendo kind of be relevant. Yeah, again. absolutely. Um, and then one more thing, of course, since uh, the third anniversary of the Switch means it's also the third anniversary of Shovel Knight Spectre of Torment. Um, this is something that they mentioned in the uh, Yacht Club Direct um, that Spectre of Torment is discounted to 50% off on the Switch eShop and on uh, other platforms. Um, and it is my favorite of the four Shovel Knight campaigns. So if you're going to buy a Shovel Knight game in isolation, I would recommend that it be Spectre of Torment. And if you want to do that, you should do it now because it's cheaper than it normally would be. But also just get the whole treasure trove because it's all good. All right, Mark, let's get out of the news. That is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts if you like the episode. You can share it on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you share stuff. On Twitter, I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Apeit Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apeitbetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, be a start. Thanks for listening. That's right, Nintendo Cartridge Society listeners, what is going down? Are you ready for a promo? Let's do yoga. Let's get fit. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Muriel. And we're the hosts of Hella in, in Your Thirties. A podcast about a cool couple trying to do adult stuff. So each week we invite you to join us as we try to learn things we should probably already know, like how does a stock market work? Can we install that bidet? Why are all of our houseplants dying? This is a podcast for people of all ages, because remember... Age ain't nothing but a number. But being Hella in Your Thirties is a state of mind. So tomorrow's a new day, let's order pizza. Campfire.